1: sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants it's time to hemp resent our radio resident hempo sapien vivian mcpeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal activist and reformist route let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp vivian mcpeak
2: Welcome to the Hempresent Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of Prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against Prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk-takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I'm the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, entering its 27th year, Founded at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest, From AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Maryland cannabis activist Joey Lee, who will join me momentarily. Maryland law lists cannabis as a Schedule I hallucinogenic substance, which is definitely an odd characterization. Simple possession of less than 10 grams is a civil offense for which a fine may not exceed $100 for first-time offenders, $250 for second offenses, and $500 for a third or subsequent offense. If convicted of possession between 10 grams and 50 pounds of cannabis, a misdemeanor, someone in Maryland can receive up to one year imprisonment and a maximum of a $1,000 fine. Possessing 50 or more pounds of weed can result in a minimum of five years imprisonment and a fine not exceeding a hundred dollars excuse me a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> big difference there a charge of smoking cannabis in public can carry a civil fine of up to five hundred dollars medical cannabis has been legal in maryland since 2014 a qualifying patient may possess a 30-day supply of cannabis while licensed dispensaries may distribute cannabis produced by a maximum of 15 licensed cultivators It's still illegal for patients or caregivers to produce their own cannabis. My guests today can tell us a little bit more about the situation in Maryland. Growing up as the daughter of a Baltimore City police officer, Joey Lee was exposed early on in life to a world of awe-inspiring contrast. Joey saw firsthand all the crime and poverty on the streets of Baltimore City. Over time she got to hear the stories of others who've been struggling in the shadows under fear and scrutiny of what society may think and inspired her to do more for her community. As Marilyn began to unveil their medical cannabis program, Joey stumbled across a community of loving, caring, and hardworking souls who desperately needed a voice to represent them. After receiving numerous emails from members of the community, she founded Charm City Cannabis Connoisseurs as a platform to showcase all of the dedicated groups and activists in the area. Her friends refer to her as G.I. Mary Jane, and she's joining me today. Welcome, Joey, to Present on Cannabis Radio. How are you
0: doing, Vivian? Thanks for having me
2: my pleasure let's just start off with how and when you were first introduced to cannabis
0: well, how and when I back you know I guess typical for for teens uh, to experiment in high school and, and I guess that's that's where it started for me um, but it wasn't a daily thing um, you know I noticed uh, an increased focus uh, when I smoked back in school but but I was a busy kid I was in marching band and color guard so I was always active and the opportunity was just never there um, you know to burn one so to say (laughs) Um, but it was it was after school when I when I started you know working in full time and I I had to have that focus every day Um, I was managing an automotive shop and it's a lot of work it's grueling get a lot of attention to detail and it, it, smoking helped me. Um, you know, I started in the morning, self-medicating, joint or two. Uh, by lunchtime, I would start to lose focus and, you know, I would go out and do my thing at lunch quietly um, and, and come back and, and knock it out for the rest of the day. So, I guess at that point is when I realized that I really was self-medicating. Um, rather so, than that's just- really,
2: that's really counterintuitive to what the predominant, you know, memes in society are about cannabis that makes you stupid and, and forgetful and stuff like that. But that wasn't the case with you, right?
0: No, not at all. And I mean, I came up right, right before the whole Adderall thing started happening when everybody started dosing their children. You know, luckily I missed that, but only by a couple of years. Um, And thankfully, thankfully I didn't go through that. Um, It wasn't until later in my life, that I was prescribed uh, Adderall and Ritalin and, and discovered what the effects of those things really are, you know, and here's society's, plan for everybody with ADHD is to get on on speed, essentially. Um, and when I ended up having to try the traditional method, I was like, wow, I can't I can't believe all these kids are, are on these drugs. It's it's insane to me to think that they're giving six, seven, eight year olds, these kind of medicines that I know. I just they didn't do me good, you know.
2: And, you know, the FDA just legalized Adderall gummy bears. At the same time, there's a huge uproar over cannabis gummy bears. And in Tennessee, They uh, recently uh, raided 21 stores, I think, for selling CBD gummies Um, and then, of course, Mm -hmm. just had to drop all the charges, which shows you how ridiculous our whole entire uh, prohibition program is. Um, Medical cannabis became legal in Maryland on December 1st of last year. How is that program going so far in your opinion?
0: It's gone fairly well. And actually, the medical cannabis program was launched in 2014, but it wasn't until late November, early December um, this past 2017 that patients were able to access product. And at first, first it was rough. I mean, you were looking at $80, 90 uh, and 8 a people couldn't afford it B, the entire idea here is to try to eliminate the black market. And with prices that are ridiculously higher than that of the black market, there's no reality of that, but it didn't take them long. The dispensaries are doing great. Um, I know there's a lot of hours being put in. Everybody's working double time at the cultivation operations at the dispensaries prices are down fairly reasonable, um, you know, around 50 to $60 per eight. And I know a lot of the dispensaries are working with military personnel, um, a good portion of them are giving uh, our military veterans 22% off. No questions asked every time they walked in. So awesome. even though insurance doesn't cover it, um, there's there's a lot of people that are passionate about making sure that this stays maintainable uh, for those that are using to medicate for serious illnesses.
2: Well, that's great. And that's only in only a couple months, right?
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's the community uh, is very strong, not just in Maryland, but in the entire DC, Maryland, Virginia area, it's, it's it's very heartwarming to see. I mean, if there's ever any issues, um, I don't know if you know. Not to get off topic, but that DC has a recreational market, um, and a lot of people from Maryland go and experience that. And if there's anything weird going on in DC, real quickly everybody knows about it and strays away. So this community is really focused on keeping everybody safe um, and getting people what they need. I know a lot of the growers they are allowed to cultivate in D.C. have programs where they're giving free medicine to veterans and elderly uh, people that don't have money to do so. So hopefully, if that ever becomes a reality, you know, when that becomes a reality in Maryland, we'll have similar programs to that. That's what I'm looking forward to.
2: Joey, medical patients in Maryland are required to sign on to a state registry system similar to what we have here in Washington State. But we've seen that those kind of records are can, can be vulnerable to hacking. Is there concern among anybody that you know that medical patients might be risking some eventual targeting by the federal government, especially this administration, if, say, those records were to be compromised?
0: There is. There's a lot of talk and fear around town about gun rights um, and then employee drug testing. So people are obviously scared they don't want to take one right and have to give up another right um, i know of a lot of people that would like to get their medical certification they can uh, but they don't want to because they're scared that one day somebody might knock on their door and try to take their guns now that's not happening in maryland yet i've not heard any stories of people's guns being confiscated. Can, can you purchase, I can you purchase a gun
2: in maryland if you're a medical if you have if you're on their state registry
0: Uh, well there is from what i understand there's a question on the form when you go to purchase a firearm that asks if you're on that registry um i don't know what could happen if you answer untruthfully but when you answer truthfully uh they typically deny your claim so it is a concern that's real for a lot of people um there is a bill that was introduced um senate bill 602 unfortunately it did not get past committee um, but of course, normal and all the other advocacy groups in the area are going to continue um, to try to fight for that and any other bills that get introduced that have to do with patient rights in general.
2: Well, I'm I'm just making an assumption, but I'm going to assume that they're, you're not asked if you drink alcohol or if you're on pharmaceutical drugs <laughs> when no, you. No, uh, they
0: don't seem right? any concerned with that at all.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: typical. Of course not. It, they aren't concerned with whether you've had a DUI before. Um, I, I think the only thing they look for uh, is is any kind of violent uh, or felony charges. Um, I myself have not tried to purchase a gun, so this is just speculatory. Um but they don't ask too many questions, but that that medical marijuana question somehow made it onto the form real quickly. Well, everybody
2: knows that that marijuana makes you extremely violent, right? <laughs> not. <laughs>
0: Quite the contrary, quite the contrary. I've talked to, in, in my lobbying experiences and talking to other people, I've, I've heard of um, adults now who went through vicious childhood abuse and their plea is, what if my mom and dad could have just came home and smoked a joint instead of drinking and turning into these monsters that were throwing plates across the room by the end of the evening? And now these kids have grown up and they're experiencing PTSD as a result of that. So hey, hey, separate from the medical end of, um, it's just, it, there's so many positive applications.
2: Yes. Uh, I didn't mean to beat you, honey. It was the pot said nobody ever in the history of the world. Ever. <laughs> um, <Never. laughs> we got about three minutes before the next uh, first break. Uh, here in Washington State, we have cannabis controlled by the Washington Liquor and Cannabis Board. You have the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission. I know it's only been a few months. Do you have an opinion on uh, your cannabis commission? Is it a fair, knowledgeable bureaucracy as far as cannabis goes, or or is it something different than
0: that? They are great. Um, it's a very small group. I think there's only five or six people working on the board. Uh, they're very attentive. Me, personally, when my, it was time for my medical card to come in, Uh, For whatever reason, my apartment complex kept returned to sendering that envelope that came from the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission. Uh, And after five or six times it was happening, I actually was was able to walk into the office and shake some hands to pick up my medical card. Um, So I got to spend some time with everybody there, and they seem to be real great. They're real busy right now. I know they're dealing with a lot of backlash because a lot of people waited until the dispensaries opened to register um, so, obviously, there's a bottleneck situation going on, and what was taking three weeks can, you know, look more like four or six now. So, uh, for anybody who is listening in Maryland that's waiting for their registration, be patient. I know those guys are working hard in the office, and they're doing what they can. Everybody's putting in overtime right now. Everybody's passionate about this program, who's working with it.
2: So, basically, you can go into a dispensary, I assume, and and you have to have a card, to show that you're registered or how, how do you, you prove that? You
0: have to have the... a, it's a patient ID number. You don't have to purchase a card. Uh, it's good if you do, and a lot of the dispensaries give you a discount just for having the card. Um, but you need to see a doctor first. Uh, there's a lot of different groups out there. Green Health Docs comes to mind, uh, care Docs that will place you with a doctor that's certified to write a medical recommendation. Um, once you have that recommendation, the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commissioner MMCC will issue you your patient ID number. And essentially that's all you need is your patient ID number. Um, I would heed on the, uh, the side of caution and tell everybody to go ahead and uh, spend that extra money. It's $50 to get the card. It's free to get your patient ID number um, plus the doctor's visits, but I would warn everybody to get that card because it comes in handy, obviously in roadside stops. Um, if an officer is to, you know, smell pot in your car, it's still probable cause. But if you hand them your card at that point, and I know it's not happening at every traffic stop from what I hear, but at that point, uh, the MMCC says that you are clear and it does not give them probable cause to search your vehicle so long as you provide your card. Again, there's still gray areas, but eventually that's what we'll see everywhere, God willing.
2: <laughs> My guest is Joey Lee from charm city cannabis connoisseurs in maryland we're going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here word from our sponsors and advertisers come back with our second segment
1: time to roll out for the people that let us have present hang loose
2: The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, channel. You know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
1: Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at MPP.org or call one 877 join mpp The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Fuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens.
3: Learning the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Awaken, adjust, and aspire. High on Healthy. Mondays on Demand. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: We're back to Hemp Presents. Only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong Emperor of hemp, Vivian
2: McPeak. We're back on Cannabis Radio with Joy Lee Joey, what is Charm City CBD? Tell us all about it.
0: Charm City CBD um, is a website where you can access products from America's very first CBD distributor uh, and manufacturer. This company was um, created by the doctors from Medical Marijuana, Inc. Uh, Just got endorsement from the Michael J. Fox Foundation, and uh, I'm heading up their marketing team in the baltimore area so you can access everything from vape cartridges and oils um, to daily supplements they even have a beauty care line which i love and all the ladies in town seem to appreciate too they've got essential oils um they have a salve that uh, me someone who suffers from frequent muscle spasms i this salve is a godsend. so all this stuff is triple lab tested. They've been around perfecting it for 15 years. So definitely by listening, check that out and, and get your hands on some uh, federally legal DVD products that get shipped right to your door.
2: Were you aware of those, those raids in Tennessee that happened recently
0: where they, they did. Operation Candy Crush is what I hear <laughs> they're calling it.
2: <laughs> it's just, just like a, a, it's like an episode of the Keystone Cops.
0: I, it's it's and you know i was lucky enough i woke up and and got my coffee and slipped open facebook that morning and i got to catch the live feed of the press conference from i when saw they that locked too. up those
2: doors it was
0: hilarious uh, and, and it was absolutely comical and and i was proud of some of the reporters at the end i've got to say because they they did call them out i remember one lady said well have they sold cbd at walmart uh are you going to lock all the walmarts in town and of course, cocky Mr. Sheriff said, well, if we get the okay from the judge, of course, which that's what I was waiting for. The next steps for these guys to go around and, and lock up all the GNCs and Walmarts for having a CBD protein powder in there for sale. It's, They're targeting it, it's, our it's children. just supposed to prove. <laughs> uh, yeah. Targeting the children in, in vape shops where you have to be 18 or older to enter to begin with. So the hypocrisy of it right there is, is what kind of knocks me on my rear end. Um, <laughs> but it, it is what it is. And it, it's, it's kind of a, a show to me of there needs to be some education in the law enforcement uh, groups. It's not just for the states that have legalized, but for all of them, uh, they, they don't know what they're dealing with. Personally, I got stopped a few months ago for having a tag light out um, and I had a little less, a little less than an eighth on me. I was transparent about it because I have my card, but uh, this officer decided to tell me that that card was, was fake. <laughs> which they don't make these cards at Staples. They're good quality. Um, and, and they went well, he's, ahead he's and an wrote me. <laughs> of course, he's an expert. And, and while he's looking at it, he's, Oh, this is way more than 10 grams. He kept saying, and I, it, it's, it's laughable. And then of course, if you laugh on the side of the road and try to help them out, you get in further trouble. So it was, it was watching them weigh out my weed with my own scale bud by bud doing the math on a piece of paper. I didn't even have the, the peace of mind to, I mean, if you've worked in food industry, you know how to weigh things out and push that tear button, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's rather interesting. And, and that's something that um, I'm gonna try to work with with a couple of other advocacy groups. I know there's people that are doing educational seminars for uh, substance abuse clinics that are interested in using cannabis as an exit strategy. Um, and I'm going to try to dive into um, getting educational seminars put on for local law enforcement, um, because I I definitely think it's something that needs to happen, because they're wasting taxpayer dollars, too, uh, by doing this. And and meanwhile, there's no tax and regulate in Maryland, so we could be earning money for this. We could be profiting from this. It's going to be
2: interesting to see if the Tennessee taxpayers have to pay some lawsuits from these stores that were shut down. Yeah, uh, who yeah, are operating really legally under state and federal law. Uh, Joy, the, the Washington Post University of Maryland polls recently found that 54% of Marylanders support legalization in 2000, supported it in 2014 and 61% supported it in 2016. Are there efforts to legalize recreational cannabis use in Maryland? do you know? and how hopeful are you that such efforts could be successful?
0: Absolutely. We just had uh, Congressional Lobby Day in Annapolis, uh, participated in. uh, So there's been two bills introduced, both of them. um, There's one Senate, one House, they're duplicate bills. Uh, But they are asking for Maryland to just go ahead and put the measure on the ballot. Um, So the initiatives that were uh, introduced in 2017 didn't make it through committee. They were just asking for pull out, you know, legalization. Um, so we're taking a different approach. It's like you said, there's um, and actually in in Anne Arundel county, there's sixty seven percent approval from what we see in polls. Um, so let's let the people decide at this point. Um, the question that will go on the ballot if this gets through the committee, um, will immediately decriminalize and legalize the possession of up to one ounce of flour. Um, and I believe, I don't have the the, the number in front of me for concentrate. It will allow for um, home cultivation of six plants, three at maturity, uh, and it will open up a tax and regulation system so that people can function as a small business like a winery or a craft brewery would do, so to speak. So there would be language in there to uh, separate and avoid the monopoly of state-certified cultivation operations. So We're hopeful that that gets through. Um, The hearing is on March 13th, so that's coming right around the corner, and we will know not too long after that whether or not we're going to see this on November's ballot. If we don't, we're going to be back in there next year fighting again, so it's not something that they're going to keep seeing us. (laughs) We'll just put it that way, and I figure each year that they see us, we will only go stronger and stronger. I'm hopeful. If not this year, it's going to happen eventually.
2: There's also a nationwide day off demonstration being planned around the nation, the bring it home campaign. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah. Bring it home campaigns. There's a group uh, in DC called DCMJ uh, that focuses on marijuana rights and they've initiated a three day demonstration uh, that they're calling for action across the country. So charm city Cannabis connoisseurs is setting up the efforts in Baltimore Uh, The first day is going to focus on housing rights. Second day is going to focus on veteran rights and the third on student rights. Because in any of those three situations, if you're on government housing um, or you get government funding to pay for your non-government house, uh, if you live on veterans housing or anything that's funded uh, by the military and same thing with college students, you're at risk of eviction just for medicating or in states where cannabis is legal for adult use, they can still evict you for essentially, you know, if you've, you've got the choice to go buy a beer on the weekend, if you decide to smoke a joint instead, they can evict you for that. Um, so there's a lot of discrimination going on and they need to know that we're not going to accept that as people. It's, it's the citizens are not going to put up with that. We don't have to give up one right for the other. It's unacceptable.
2: You know, I just want to mention that I have done a significant amount of shows uh, talking to veterans who are fighting for their right to use cannabis uh, both as a treatment and recreationally um, and and it's just essential that they get the the best treatment available known to humankind uh, and it's just just frankly not happening so this is just really an important uh, important thing that's coming up on that uh, nationwide walkout of course yeah. you know, housing and, and students rights I mean are so critical right now it's just a really challenging time in America on so many, so many levels. Joy, um, so medical use, medicinal use is legal in Maryland, but the custody courts in Virginia do not recognize cannabis for medicinal use. Can you, can you touch on that?
0: <laughs> I can personally. I um, can't say much about it, obviously, because it's in courts, but um, the Virginia state courts do not recognize uh, the fact that you're a medical marijuana patient in Maryland or any other state. Now, I'm, this is of course one judge. Um, but personally it's, it's being held against me in a Virginia state court. Um, just another reason, I mean, federally that things need to change. So, uh, I, I guess, and it's hard to say cause even, and Virginia just went ahead and legalized medicinally, um, So maybe that will change, but at at the end of the day, whatever judge that you're dealing with, if they have their own personal negative stigma, there's nothing stopping them from holding that against you. Um, Myself personally, um, I, about three years ago, started separating um, from a tumultuous relationship that was three attempts, I'm sorry, four attempts in three years to escape from. And as soon as we got into custody court, the accusations started flying about, you know, how I'm a hothead and a drug addict. Uh, we, we, we got about. We, have about, we have
2: about thirty seconds uh, before the next break. So okay. the upshot is, you can you can lose custody of your kid over cannabis use, right?
0: You can, you can, and it's um, it's. I'm sure it's not happening just to me. So I've heard a lot of different stories.
2: Well, we're we're going to change all of that, uh, and and it sounds like people like you are exactly what we need to do that. I am still talking to Joey Lee and we're going to hear another word from our sponsors and advertisers and come back with our final questions. Don't go anywhere.
1: Time to roll out for the people that let us and present hang loose. We're coming right back
3: at alternative vibes. Our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals. We are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at alternativevibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. alternativevibes.com.
1: in as little as four weeks, bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com Four-week build excludes high production systems.
3: The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network, CannabisRadio.com. Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. On mission, supercritical—a service of Apex Supercritical Mondays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian
2: McPeak. We're back with our final questions for Joey Lee from Charm City Cannabis Connoisseurs in Maryland. Uh, Joey, you're just—you're awesome. I could talk to you for an hour. Unfortunately, we don't have that amount of time. Uh, w- tell us how people can find out more about your work, follow what you're doing, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Um, well, I just dove into this new Steemit thing that everybody's fussing about while I am building my website. But you can, in the meantime, check out my blogs on Steemit. Um, just go to G.I. Mary Jane MD. The MD is for Maryland, not medical doctor. <laughs> but G.I. Mary Jane MD dot com. Um, and that website will be fully operational here within the next few weeks. But for right now, there's some some nice articles to read um, on Facebook. If you just search Charm City Cannabis Connoisseurs or Facebook.com slash Charm City Canna, because I know connoisseurs is a difficult one to spell. Uh, you can find information there on, uh, you know, dozens of different activists, groups, and individuals in the Baltimore, D.C. area.
2: Well, Joy, I want to thank you so much for all the great work that you're doing. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for being on Hempresent. Good luck with your work.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
2: My pleasure. Now I want to get to a weekly feature Hempresent on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is, and I quote instead of taking five or six of the prescriptions I decided to go a natural route and smoke marijuana and that is the famous recording artist Melissa Etheridge that concludes this installment present on Cannabis Radio I want to thank Brasco and Ricky my men in the control room and all of the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special Sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence increase the peace and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity because when it comes to prohibition you got the right not to remain silent activism requires a voice so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile until then my friends stay strong stand tall and take it easy don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com the hempresent theme song take back the plants performed by sticker bush and sung by a much younger version of myself turn up the music maestro i'm out marijuana